Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is our Sunday morning Bible class. Welcome. If you have not been listening to our Sunday morning Bible class through these podcasts, we are encouraged that you're listening today. And we pray that as you listen today, you'll come to recognize that we really are teaching God's word through these podcasts. For people who cannot be with us at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha for our regular Sunday morning Bible classes, we're thankful that we're able to spread God's word, to teach it through this medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. But we know that people also listen from other parts of the country and literally around the world. And so we're thankful to be able to do this, to be able to really broadcast God's word on such a widespread basis through the internet. Uh, Somebody asked me just recently, these podcasts that you're doing, are they going all over the country? I said, all over the world. I think they were shocked. But that's how we're blessed through this medium of the internet. And through these podcasts, or by means of these podcasts, we can broadcast God's word everywhere that the internet is available, or wherever people have access to the internet. So we're thankful to be able to do that. And that is all to God's glory and by his blessing. We want to serve him in this way, by teaching his word on such a widespread basis. We encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can in your life, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can, always. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but we encourage you to make that commitment and start sharing today and regularly share these studies with everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing. Also encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the homepage to the podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device these Sunday morning Bible classes, Wednesday night Bible classes, all of our sermons, and our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures, and a a seven-day-a-week daily short, about a 13-minute Bible study, called Today's Bible Class. All of that will automatically go to their smart device. Now, they can also access, while at our website, churchofchrist.com, they can access hundreds of sermons, listen to those, and also download and read and study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. Again, all of that is free. Tremendous Bible study resource material available to everybody. Help everybody you can take advantage of it. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible classes on Sunday morning begin at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. 
We're back in the building at six at, at six o'clock each Sunday evening for our evening worship, and on Wednesday evenings at six thirty for our midweek Bible classes. You're welcome at any and all of these services. Come and learn with us, get to know us, let us get to know you, worship God, study his word with us, grow spiritually with us. We encourage you to do that. And please encourage everybody you know to do that as well. We're going to get back into our study from the early history of first mankind as we began in the book of Genesis, and then the early history of the people of Israel the descendants of Abraham through his bloodline, and then through their bloodline, God's plan for the Savior to come into the world. But we're in the early stages of that history of Israel and that bloodline. They're not yet even in the promised land because of their weak faith at this point. And that weak faith continues to show itself, continues to rear its ugly head, We could take great lessons from this because we see that same kind of response to God and to Christ in our world today. And probably we see it in the lives of people all around us, and maybe we even have experienced that in our own personal lives, where there will be times when we feel strong in our faith in God and in Christ, but then there will be other times when we become weak. Maybe we'll even start to question God. Uh, Some people become angry with God because of various events in their lives. But we need to understand that God is consistent. He loves us. He is gracious toward us. He is merciful. He is also patient. But God is also a God of justice and judgment, and he expects us not just wishes we would, but he expects us and holds us accountable for being obedient to him through his teachings. Remember what Jesus said in John 17, and uh, I'm sorry, John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And the sense is, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. But a whole lot of people will voice their love for God and for Christ but they don't keep their commandments. They don't live by the God's teachings. They don't even study God's word very rarely, if ever. Well, how can you know how to follow God if you don't read his word, which teaches us how to follow God? Well, the people of Moses' day, when he was leading them through the wilderness to the promised land, they were continually rebellious against God. And at times, they were rebellious against Moses and Aaron, who were sent by God to lead them out of the bondage in Egypt, and they did that, and through the wilderness to the promised land, the land that God had promised to them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their forefathers. So God's plan was for hundreds of years to raise up this people that would become Israel, and through their bloodline, the Savior would come into the world. He promised to their forefather Abraham, and then again renewed it through Isaac and Jacob, I'm going to give you this land 
the, the promised land, the land of Canaan. That's going to be your land, the land for your people. But when God then sent Moses and Aaron to lead them to that land, they kept stumbling all over their faith. They kept doubting God. They even wanted to go back into idolatry, the worship of idols, because of some difficulties along the way. But God kept providing for them. He kept exhibiting patience toward them. And I remember the first time I studied through many decades and decades ago, when I first studied through this period of the early history of Israel as laid out for us in the scripture account, I was amazed at how much patience God exhibited toward his people because they were so continually rebellious and then not only weak in their faith, but at times they became absolutely unfaithful to God, not keeping his commandments. But he continued to discipline them and at the same time exercise patience to give them time to repent and come back to him in full faithfulness and obedience. Well, in the previous chapter, Numbers chapter 15, we, or, or actually, no, going back before that, when there was a rebellion against Moses and Aaron by some men within the people of Israel, charging Moses, it's actually chapter 16, in Numbers chapter 16, Korah and um, Dathan and Abiram, they kind of led something of a an act of rebellion, if you want to call that, certainly a, a huge challenge against Moses and Aaron, against their leadership, saying, you know, you've taken too much on yourselves. Hey, we're righteous also. Why can't we be leaders as well as you? Well, God had appointed Moses and Aaron to be the visible leadership of the people of Israel. But here these people were becoming arrogant, and they were challenging Moses and Aaron. And so we saw in chapter 16, Numbers chapter 16, how God dealt with that situation, and he destroyed those men and those who were following them. So it was something of a, if we want to think of it as a rebellion, but more than a rebellion, kind of an insurrection, a revolution, they wanted to take over, basically. And God said, no, 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 I did not appoint you. I appointed these men to be the visible leaders, but I am ultimately the leader. And so if you're rebelling against them, you're rebelling against me. And so God dealt with them in kind of a summary fashion and brought them to an end. Well, that goes through verse 40 of Numbers chapter 16. And then, and this is amazing to me, you just saw what God did to these men who were taking upon themselves more than they should have been taking upon themselves as far as their their arrogance, wanting to become leaders, wanting to be recognized, wanting to set Moses and Aaron aside, at least to some extent, 
as the leaders got appointed. And God, again, you're, you're rebelling against Moses and Aaron. They're my men. You're rebelling against them. You're rebelling against me. And so the people saw what happened to Korah and, and Dathan and Abiram. They, God executed them and their families and all the men who are following them. But verse 41 says, on the next day, the very next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. (laughs) It wasn't Moses and Aaron who did that. God did that. God God brought judgment upon those rebels, upon those who disrespected God's guidance and wanted to take leadership upon themselves. The very next day, now the people saw what happened to those people who took too much upon themselves, who tried to become, well, had tried to displace, at least to a great extent, Moses and Aaron. They're dead. They're destroyed by God's judgment. Moses and Aaron didn't do that. They saw God's judgment brought upon those people, and the very next day, they're still rebellious against Moses and Aaron. It's always been God working through Moses and Aaron, but they're blaming Moses and Aaron. The next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. Well, again, God did that. He's the one who brought execution upon those men and all who followed them, not Moses and Aaron. But here, the people, you would think they have seen so many mighty works from God. Some of them negative from a human perspective in that God was bringing judgment upon the people a number of times, but that's righteous judgment. But also so many positive things, feeding them miraculously day by day by day, providing water for them miraculously delivering them from their slavery in Egypt, destroying so much of the Egyptian army as they pursued them. And yet they still were so weak in their faith and their focus that they still questioned God. They still questioned his leadership through Moses and Aaron. So verse 42 goes on and says, Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Now remember, God's presence was made visible to the people as they traveled through the wilderness in, through the presence of a cloud by day, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. And so as the people were charging Moses and Aaron for killing those rebels, those who were so weak in their faith, those who had become so arrogant before God, all of a sudden, this, this cloud indicating God's presence suddenly, immediately appeared 
over the tabernacle. Hmm. The cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, And look, God's ready to bring more judgment upon the people this time, not just upon those ones who were the leaders in that rebellion, but now the people. So we might wonder, were maybe a lot of those folks who were complaining against Moses and Aaron, were they kind of maybe in the background followers of those men, Korah and Dathan and Abiram, and all those hundreds who were already up front following them? Were these kind of in the background, some of these at least, ready to follow them themselves? They just hadn't stepped forward completely yet? Well, we're left to wonder about that. But they're complaining that Moses and Aaron killed them, but God's presence through the cloud appears over the tabernacle. Now that got their attention. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, get away from this congregation or get away from among this congregation, in other words, all these people, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. Who fell on their faces? Moses and Aaron. So Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, verse 43, and in verse 44 and 45, God spoke to them and said, get away from all these people. Who? All these Israelites. Get away from them that I may consume them in a moment. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put it in a, and put, uh, put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them for wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Now, God apparently also said some things that we don't have written down for us right there, but Moses got the message, God has already sent a plague among the people. He's told Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from the congregation, from all these people. Now, there's millions of them, probably, one to three million, probably, in total population, God has already sent a plague among them. And so Moses tells Aaron, get a censer, put fire, put incense on it, rather, take it quickly to the congregation, make atonement for them, because the plague has already gone out from the Lord through his wrath against the people. Because of their unfaithfulness, it's what we would understand. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people. Plague had already been sweeping through the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. Now this again was a sign from God. Moses and Aaron are my men. They are my leaders. I appointed them to lead you to the promised land, to the land that I promised to you through your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't rebel against them. Don't be angry with them. When you are, you're rebelling against me, and you're being angry with me. 
because they are doing what I have instructed them to do. Now, the plague was already among the people. Aaron goes and he takes the censer. He takes the incense. He stands between the dead and the living. So the plague was stopped. Now, there's the patience and the mercy and the forgiveness of God again. Now, those who died, verse 49, in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Korah incident, and that was a few hundred. Now, do you think the people ought to be getting the message yet? Do you think they ought to be growing in their faith? Those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Korah incident, those who were the visible leaders in the rebellion against Moses and Aaron. So Aaron returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, for the plague had stopped. My, my. The weakness of the faith of the people. Incredible. Again, it's just mind-boggling to me. They saw what happened to Korah, and all, those group of, all that group of people who were rebelling against Moses and wanted to take their place as the leaders of the people, and yet they still were angry, it would seem, and complained against Moses and Aaron. And so God dealt with the people at large, and 14,700 died by the plague. Amazing. Well, what now? The Lord spoke to Moses saying, he's going to give them another sign of communication indicating who his leaders are. So chapter 17, beginning with verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod from each father's house all their, all their leaders, according to their father's houses, 12 rods. So in other words, the leaders of the 12 tribes. Write each man's name on his rod. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. Now, Levi would be the priestly tribe or the, the religious leadership tribe. The high priests would only come through the tribe of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. So it's going to be 12 rods. God says, gather one from each tribe, write the names, write the names, uh, each man's name on his rod. One from each of the tribes. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. Now Moses, or God would meet with Moses through the cloud, through the fire where I meet with you, put them in the tabernacle of meeting, and it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. So God is going to give them another visual lesson. I'm going to show you vividly who my leader is, who my leaders are. The, who, whatever rod blossoms is going to be the one I'm telling you is my leader. 
So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's houses, twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now Moses could not manipulate this. The people would understand that. This would have to be an act of God, a miracle. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and had produced blossoms and yielded ripe ripe almonds. (laughs) Now, again, every man's rod was listed with the name of that man including Aaron's. So, you know, again, everyone would be identified. The very next day, the rod of Aaron had sprouted, put forth buds, produced blossoms, and already had produced ripe almonds. Again, could not have been manipulated by Moses and Aaron. That was a miracle. God did that. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. Again, very vivid message from God. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels. Now see how God has identified the rebellious people against the rebels, that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Are we getting an indication perhaps that God is to some degree losing his patience with the people here at their continual lack of faith, weakening of their faith, lack of dedication, continuing to challenge God through Moses and Aaron? Thus did Moses just as the Lord had commanded him, so he did. So the children of Israel, they got the message here. So the children of Israel spoke to Moses saying, surely we will die. We perish. We all perish. Whoever even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord must die. Shall we all utterly die? They're getting the message. But that doesn't mean they're not going to mess up again with their faith. Over and over and over again, we've seen this happen. And God has continually been patient with them, but he's brought judgment upon them. But he's given exercised patience to let them repent. We might ask what will happen next. We'll see. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your long-suffering nature with us. And oh, how we need your patience. Please help us, Father. Please help us, Father, to recognize our weakness and to guard against it by drawing even closer to you, by praying to you for strength against all the ways that the devil would try to break us down. Help us to stay in your word, 
to learn your word and your will more thoroughly, and also to learn more and be, assured, be more assured of your love for us. Help us to be the shining lights to an unbelieving world, to a sinful world, that they need to see in us. They need to see you in us. They need to see Christ in us. They need to see Christianity in us. Help us to help people all over the world come to you for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus, we pray. Help us to be strong, as strong examples of Christianity and believers in you and Christ. Father, please forgive us of our sins and hear our prayer, we pray, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.